Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. Today, we're talking about systems innovation in practice, the what, why, and how. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and the CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help elevate the quality of leadership across the world and work with leaders to co-create a thriving future. Our work includes assisting leaders in identifying disruptive trends and developing strategies to transform themselves and their organizations to thrive now and in the future. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted that with us today is Christoph Henske. Christoph is the CEO and founder of The Engagement Company. He's also an associate professor of systems leadership and strategy at the Saxion University of Applied Science in the Academy of Finance, Economics, and Management. He's also a fellow at the European School of Governance and special advisor to ASEAN Green Chamber of Commerce. In 2014, he incorporated the engagement company as a social impact business in the Netherlands. It uses systems thinking, systems dynamics, and complexity strategy to support decision-making, working in sensitive, messy, and highly ambiguous environments. A client once called him the Bob Ross of complex systems strategy. So today's session, and it is interesting timing that as our world is spiraling from the disruption of the COVID-19 virus and the fallout to the global economy, that we're talking about systems thinking and the tools that Christoph brings to really help leaders think as using 360-degree thinking, one of our competencies that allows us as leaders to think through the second and third order implications of the decisions we're making during a time that we're pushed to think and respond quickly. And yet some of those immediate responses may in fact generate bigger or at least issues in the future that we could have prevented. And we also know that we can't prevent everything when we're moving quickly as this virus has required. So today's outcome. Systems innovation, including systems thinking and dynamics, is one of the most essential skills in the 21st century. The basics can be learned in under 10 minutes and applied to your own projects in under four hours. Don't believe in the people who say you have to have a high IQ, use expensive programs, and study for years to use systems thinking. Without this, you will never be able to lead in sensitive, messy, and highly ambiguous environments. So Christoph's going to give us some background about what it is and why it's useful, but then we're going to step in pretty quickly to some concrete examples to illustrate how he's used this in his personal life and his business life, and we may also go into some client projects. So Christoph, welcome. Thank you for joining us. 
Welcome, Maureen. It's a pleasure to be on your channel today. Um, do you want to give us any more of your background before we jump into what systems innovation? Yes, you know what? And um, <clears throat> I want to be really clear. So when we talk about systems innovation, system thinking, this is a really old concept. It's an old idea that goes actually back to the 50s. And I think the thing what I want to point out here is to say it. It's, it can be really practical. A lot of people say, well, yeah, it's a really old idea and it's great tools and it's wonderful, but it's so hard to do. It's so complicated. And are we? how will I ever be able to do that? And m m what I say is, well, and my contribution I want to make to say everybody can do it and every ca everybody can do it in, in a really, really short amount of time, either in a company, for government, um, for a municipality, or even a, an undergraduate student helping using this kind of thinking to come up with the right um, research question for his final thesis. So um, it's a broad application to that. And my favorite image here is... What I want to use, so do you know, so what systems thinking and systems innovation for me is, do you know when you were young and we had those, and perhaps Maureen, you, how, how is it in English? It's, it's, I think it's called, it's called connect the dots images, no? Yes. Is it? Yeah, exactly. So for me is, and I recently when I, I have two little girls and, and they were asking me, uh, can you can you print me out this connect the dot thing? And I, I looked at, I, we looked something up in the internet. And I looked at it, like, this is the most brilliant example to explain what system thinking, systems innovation is. It's because if you look at this image and you have this cloud of dots with all those numbers, you don't see anything. But suddenly, when you start connecting the dots, an image emerges. And that's a core difference between thinking linear or not thinking in systems or thinking systems. Because when you think in, in linear or only in events and not in relations, and not in systems, you only see the dots, you only see the numbers. But mm -hmm. suddenly, when you start thinking in systems, you start connecting those dots, and after a while, you might, oh my, oh my God, it's a horse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a horse, and you start seeing how number one is related to number five, and number, you know, and so it really helps you to see the whole image of what you're sitting in. Does this, I hope this is a pretty it does. Uh, it, it visual. Does. Yeah, way of explaining as, it. As kids, we did this. And I, just to reiterate your point, that it is through the ability of us as leaders to synthesize, to pull together the disparate events, to create a bigger picture of correlatory factors, causal factors, and reinforcing loops that help us make then better decisions because we're able to see impacts that we had not connected and also see what may be reinforcing as well as what's causing versus just what happens to be correlated. And I think being able to make those distinctions, and I'm going to use a simple example. I remember hearing years ago uh, the correlation between rapists and pornography. And at one point in time, there was a move to ban pornography because it caused people to be rapists. Yeah. And in fact, when the research proved this out, and probably anyone who's looked at porn is cringing and thinking, yeah, not causal, there is a correlation that people who happen to be rapists also gen generally consume porn. It does not mean that porn causes people to behave inappropriately. There's just a connection. So, I, and I use, I realize that's a bit of an inflammatory illustration, but I use it to 
to also be clear that when we draw the wrong conclusions, we can do damage by looking at someone and presuming that they're going to behave badly because they happen to look at a, a magazine at one point in their lives. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I was actually just working on a project and um, <clears throat> with a group of NGOs and um, and the group of NGOs said, um, we have to do a certain action. I mean, just in the background, I would search the, the systems model that I was drawing here to really look at what is it that we were looking at. And and they said, we have to do certain actions in order to um, invoke a, a change in society. And But what happened is, because of their activities, we are doing a certain activity in society in order to push governments to do certain things. And But what they didn't notice, the more they pushed governments to do certain things, the more they increased also negative press. Mm. And this negative press then haunted them backwards. So all of that said, just wants to say is um, very often we do one activity be with the best intentions and unconsciously we create an unintended consequence and this unintended consequence we're not aware of because we just don't think in it so in the beginning of project it's just so it's so recommendable to just sit down and use a simple tool of causal loop diagramming um, which just means i take a word i draw an arrow and say the more i do of this what could happen the more i the more i do that well those three things could happen and then i draw an arrow and then, okay, those are the three things. And then I do it further. Okay, if those three things happen, what can then happen? What can then happen? And suddenly I noticed, oh my God, it's not linear, but it actually, the like in the fifth step, it comes back to the beginning, you know? And um, and so this is this really simple thing of, of, but we will, I think later we will come into a concrete example here. And, and when we did this in the conversation with those NGO networks, they suddenly thought, hmm, I think we should stop doing this kind of lobbying that we're just doing. So that's a good example of something that takes not so long. That exercise can be done in a half-hour meeting, right? Exactly. And I actually had, um, had, and we might get concrete here directly, is um, I once was working with a, um, with a colleague, and we were um, in, a, in a training program, actually, with Tom, and, and we were looking at the question, so how can I become more successful as an entrepreneur? And so... We said, okay, let's sit down and let's draw this really simple causal loop diagram, which can help us to see my inner complexity, my complexity as being um, a successful entrepreneur who wants to have a shift in his career. And so we started with, well, you need, in the end, everything, it's about, I want to have economic success. So the more I have, but then the question is, what is the core things that happens for me when I have economic success? And he said, well, the more I have economic success, the more I have a healthier family. I have, I can feed my family, I'm at home because I have more time free, et cetera, et cetera, and we can do fun stuff. And the more I have then this healthy family, the more actually my family gives me autonomy. My family allows me to go out there and directly and indirectly because the more my family's healthy, the less I have to think about, um, I, have, I have anxiety of saying, oh my God, what will happen to my kids, et cetera, will they have enough food, will they have a good education? So I have this inner autonomy, which I need as an entrepreneur in order to create economic success. And here we have a really simple loop closed. So the healthier my family, the more autonomy I have in my thinking and in my being as an entrepreneur, the more I have that, the more I have economic success, the more I have economic success, the more I have a healthy family. And it's a really simple flywheel that happens. Um, 
And when we looked at this little model, which is three variables, we did this, we did this in five, less than five minutes. We said, you know, this just changed my life. I know all the individual parts, but I never saw it in this simplicity um, connected. It's like, wow. And months later, he still has it on his wall pinned there. And so this is for me the power of this really simple causal loop diagramming. It's one a tool and obviously you can create much more complex models. Um, but very often we don't do that. Well, and I want to dive a little deeper into the behavioral change there, because I know I know this person you're talking about, Tom, he works incredibly hard. I believe part of what it helped do was alleviate some of the guilt, right, for yes. focusing on work. Yes, exactly, exactly, to say, exactly, and this is for me, understanding this completely, you know, if I, what happens if, if we're in a situation and... Um, or you, I want to use it as a little bit abstract example. It doesn't. I can sit in front of a tree for hours and hours and hours and try to understand this tree. And by just by looking at this tree, I will never understand the ecosystem. You know, and that's the same. The more I just look at how can I increase my economic success just by selling more things out there in the market of whatever I'm selling. Yeah, I will n- probably not come into this understanding. Well, actually, one of the really important things that make me successful in order to be able to sell is my inner autonomy and my healthy family. So um, really starting to see what are the drivers of my success and what are the t- intended and unintended consequences. So, yes, and it can decrease the guilt. Absolutely. And so I, I, you hit a word that I think is foundational to the, to the conversation. When I look at the broader ecosystem beyond the immediate challenge, then I start to understand second and order, second and third order variables. So when you were talking about the the work in the NGO, that as we look at the the expanded impact, I realized that there could be a very strong consequence to my action that I hadn't imagined that undoes the impact I'm trying to make and in fact makes it worse. And as we look at some of the things happening in the COVID virus space, you know, we, we have seen well-intended actions that have been amazingly helpful. And then we've seen other well-intended actions that were not as well thought out and they have been ineffective and in some cases catastrophic yes and you know what i hear so often i i mean there is there are few organizations out there nowadays where where decision makers in those organizations or whoever is a decision maker in this moment is would say i'm not thinking systemic there would be no one saying oh i'm a linear thinker because it's you know you don't you don't do that and so but nevertheless when i think oh that's great so you're system thinkers and you're really trying to see the ecosystem the whole thing and the certain force order consequences etc so um what's most important here kind of how do you well no 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 wait chris it's about my opinion it's about if, if the others just would do what i think we would be better off and in this moment, you just say, well, you know how to use the words, but you're not actually doing it. Because if you can, if you're really systems thinking, and you're really doing that, you, you're never only about your opinion. Because, you know, the more I push my opinion without interrelating it with your opinion and all the other opinions, I will never be able to see all the consequences that we can cause and the dynamics that we cause. Because I'm, I'm only focusing on my events, on my thing, on my opinion. And, and this causes all those unintended consequences, also frustration, even anger. I hope this makes sense. 
So, Christoph, I think what I hear you saying, and we're going to go on break after this, is that by creating a systems diagram, we include others in doing the diagramming process. So it gives us a foundation for collaborating. Other perspectives are heard and all of the voices that define the systems can now be more comprehensive in the decision-making processes because we see the more interconnected variables from each of our departments as an example. Exactly. So, So let's go on break. This is Maureen Metcalf and Christoph Henska. We're talking about systems innovation in practice, the what, why, and how. And Christoph is walking us through not only what it is and why, but giving us some very concrete examples so that our listeners can apply this immediately. So as we go on break, I invite you to think about what challenge or opportunity are you facing now that would benefit from drawing a simple systems diagram, maybe even during the rest of this show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future we are talking about systems innovation in practice, the what, why, and how, and our esteemed guest is Christoph Henska. We're going to talk next about why, and then we're going to go into an example for each of us to actually do during the call. So, Christoph, can you tell us a little bit more about why this is so critical right now? You know, when I, a core distinction that I want to make between decision makers who are 
thinking in systems and decision makers who are not thinking in systems is a, a decision maker who is not thinking in systems tend to say, if the others would just do what I think is good, we would be better off. If you, if you, if you're in a group and feel something like that, you know, something is going wrong. Um, and, but, but decision makers in order to come to, to, because this behavior and this way of doing things really causes all those unintended consequences, what we just talked about. But if I start putting myself into relation with you and really say, okay, I have my agenda, but first I want to listen to you. What's your agenda? What are your points? How can I take your points and integrate them with mine? We start to see the dynamic relations and because if we, and we start to avoid all those unintended consequences. So what we also, and the other thing that we start seeing here, why I think it's so important in those times, leaders who are focused on their opinion, on their solution, they're really focusing also on their event, kind of what is the thing that I want to solve without looking left and right. And the more we have this event-focused leadership, we, we, we start if something doesn't work, we start to replace parts, which means we replace people, we replace project. Oh, this project didn't work. Obviously, we have to create another one, a new one. We 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 switch budgets, and so. But this actually is actually really bad because sometimes, um, if we if we would understand what were the underlying dynamics that caused that this project didn't work, we actually see well, you know what, the project was not wrong just the way of how we interacted with it with it other opinions and with the other stakeholders in the system and i think especially with corona this is the thing that we can only do together um i mean look at singapore they were really doing well and suddenly um all the international students came back and they had a really dangerous package in their bags and and then the corona the corona the corona cases increased again. So I think really thinking is how are we related to others, etc. Really helps us to see the complexity of the situation that we're in. So back to the ecosystem then. That well, I hear two things. I I hear I need to understand the ecosystem and that bit of collaboration. That if we collectively define the system, because so often we get together and advocate for our part not as a part of a whole, but it, it's also how I define myself. If I'm part of the leadership team and I represent technology, I'm going to advocate for technology where if you represent finance, you're going to advocate for finance. If I am part of a bigger system, then I'm advocating for the system. And so it really allows us to shift our mindset from a part of a whole where my job is advocating for my part to advocating, understanding the whole, and then being able to advocate for what's best for the whole, which in some cases won't be best for me. Exactly. And you know what? And, and I mean, what we are now talking about, this is really, again, as I said in the beginning, it's, it, we know this since the 50s, and this is really old knowledge. And, and I think but the, the point is, and I think where we are now also coming to in our conversation is, well, if, if we know this since the 50s, if we know that we have to, that we have to think in systems, because it generates, if the system is healthy, I'm healthy, yes? Um, but if the system is unhealthy, by definition, I can't be healthy. That's not possible. Um, so, but the question then is, why have not more people really take it up? Why did it never really took off much on a much bigger scale? Why do we still see so many decision makers saying that they're doing systems work, but actually not? And I think this has something to do with that many people think, you know what, that's way too complicated. And 
you know, I have to be super smart or I need this guy who studied in this best university there and where they had this really complex computer simulation course. And like, yeah, you can do that. It probably is beneficial, probably, but you can also do it like really simple and, and we can start doing this now in a really, really simple tool that you can look up for free in the internet. I mean, it's called the loop diagramming. It's so simple, but I see, I know few people who can actually do that and, and fewer who actually say I'm doing system stuff system thinking, who know, who actually, oh yeah, I heard about causal loop diagramming, but I'm not using it. Why would I? Like, oh wow. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting as we look at the impacts of the, the current pandemic and the idea that it is compelling many of us to step back and say, is what I'm doing as effective as it could be? And one of the, the things that I think we have unconsciously retained a lot of the processes and systems that went into effect during the industrial revolution. So we want work to be broken out in, in small discrete tasks. It's repeatable by everyone. Uh, we make it, it um, predictable and repeatable. And yet in a knowledge era, predictable and repeatable often simplifies out the requirement to engage in ecosystem and complexity. So I wonder if this can also be a turning point to move beyond industrial revolution, more simplistic thinking where the special people think about the big picture and the rest of us just think our task and invite all of us to step into this world of systems thinking where even if we're going to be poor at it at the outset, it's a lot better than not doing it, ignoring it, and producing suboptimal outcomes. Yeah, and actually a TED Talk that I can highly recommend. It's a nine-minute TED Talk. It's one of my most favorite ones. It's from Tom Wuczek, and it's called Got a Wicked Problem? First tell me how you make toast. So everybody on the show who listens to this, go, on, go now on TED Go on, go on Google and look for the TED Talk, uh, Got a Wicked Problem. First, tell me how you make toast. And then you will un- really have a really fun 10 minutes on understanding how it can really, um, what's the difference, how, what difference it can make for you. It's a wonderful TED Talk. And Christoph, what is the value proposition for them spending 10 minutes watching it? Does it, t- does it tell me how to do uh, systems thinking? Does it illustrate doing the causal loop diagram? No, not really. And this is something that we can do in a minute here together. Um, what it tells you is why it, it actually gives you a pitch if you have to if you have to sell it to your um, to your boss. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I use this video a lot in actually client conversations. And I think, okay, you would like to implement this project. Watch this video. And then we then we can have another conversation. So if you want to sell it internally, and then you get an idea. It's 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 just that he finds so nice words and images. Um, it really helps you to understand it and to um, and to have um, arguments. In the end, what, similar to what we now do here. Okay. Just we're not using the the, the case of a toast. <laughs> Okay, so let's step into then an example, and you may hear me typing in the background because, Christoph, I'm going to participate in the same example you're asking our participants to do, so we're going to talk about the results I come up with. Hopefully, it sounds... Perfect, but you know, don't, don't type, and what I would ask everybody now, take a pen and a paper. Actually, take a pen and a paper because this is one of the things that makes it much easier um, because you have to draw arrows. 
and and the visual task of doing is a causal loop diagram you get much more insight out of it if you actually draw it out so what i would ask you now um think in, and it's a question to you maureen what is it what is the questions that you're really asking yourself right now a, a questions that you would like have to answer it for example um how, how what what will um if if corona will um last until september what will it what what impact will it have on my business this could be a question for example we could start exploring or any other question what would be a question that would be interesting for you right now so for me the question is if it no matter how long it lasts how can i make the greatest impact given my radio show, my other resources, and my own individual talents and gifts, and given my constraints. Wonderful. So what I would ask you, what you write down, and always think, and the, and the trick is here to do is, this is now a really long sentence that you say, the trick is that you say, how can I rephrase this, what I just said in a way that I could measure it, that it would be either zero or hundred. Yes, to imagine it to be a bucket. And so the bucket I would now call um, Marine's ability to have a lasting impact beyond Corona. Yeah, would this be a name for a variable? Great. Yeah, so um, type it down, Marine's ability to have impact. And I'm also writing down Marine's ability to have impact. Yeah, so and now and now you have those words on your paper and draw a box around it. And now you can say, well, I could either have zero of that or I could have hundred of that. Make sense? Mm-hmm. And now what you do, now you ask a really simple question. And it's actually everything because you repeat this again and again. You ask, so so if this, what, I'm just ri- what I just wrote down would be hundred, what would be the effect of it? What would it cause? Well, if Maureen would have a lot of impact even beyond Corona, well, Maureen, what would be one example? Give me an example. What would what would be what would what would be a cause of that? What would be a cause of it? More people listen to the radio show and implement the tools that we are sharing, so that they become better thinkers and better leaders Wonderful. during complexity. So, so I'm assuming our listeners are already smart and good thinkers and good leaders. How do we help people upskill just to the next level? to fill in the gaps for what's required now. Wonderful. So, and here one really important thing is when you write down something as we call it variables, yes, in this causal loop diagram, we call it variables. You never should use this long variables because what you just told me is a whole story. We're really only looking for a name or a sentence without an and, because if I have a sentence with an and in between it, I'm actually indicating I'm having two variables here. I want to have... So what, what I have, so the more Marine has impact in the world, the more listeners will there be, the, the higher the amount of people listening to the radio, let's say. And then I, so the more people, then I have the second variable, this can be zero, hundred, you know, few listeners or more listeners. And you could say, well, the more I have listeners on the radio, what will happen then? Well, the more listeners I have on the radio, the more people will actually listen to this, to the stuff that people like Christoph tell them. And, um, and and they and they get they can learn something, and so and but, they can apply it. So I'm I'm actually saying more listeners, more application of content. Wonderful. And now what could happen? 
And that's interesting. And I, and I know a little bit making up because I want to re- make it really simple. So we started with Maureen. Maureen wants to increase her impact. The more impact she has, the more listeners she will have. The more listeners she will have, the more people will be out there who can apply this stuff. And actually what could happen, Maureen, I'm just making this up. I don't know if this is really causality. And this is a thing of models. Mm-hmm. A model helps yeah. me to test assumptions. Well, the more people out there in the world who already who know how to do it, the less listeners you have. Because it could be that People already know it. Well, why would I have to listen to Maureen? And this year we come into the, um, and I know you don't do that, but this is where we come into the this underlying model, the underlying systems model of most consulting companies who say, well, the more I'm successful, the more I give you, but actually I want to make you addicted to me. Actually, I don't want that you can do the things afterwards by yourself because if you would be able to, you wouldn't hire me anymore. And so... And like this, you can really, you know, we just by talking about your question of how to be successful, we came to, oh my God, I just, you know, I just figured out how, um, how I could avoid that. I fall into the same trap of as a standard consulting business. Does it make sense? It, it does. And for me, that just raises the expectation that I, I am required and hopefully I'm doing this to continually produce new and valuable content. Wonderful. And again, just to summarize for, for all our dear listeners. So what you do to call, call, create a really simple causal loop diagram is always think, so put, take your pen, take a paper and write down something, for example, my success. So Christoph's success and say, so the more successful I will be, well, then I can, then I draw an arrow to the right and say, well, the more success I have, then you can say, well, the more money I have. But then you can say the more money I have, the less and the more successful I am, another outcome could, well, I have more money, but another outcome could be I have less time for my family. So instead of, so you draw a, a, you draw an arrow with a minus on it and not with a plus, yeah? So the more successful I have, the more time for my, for my family I have. And so you can, and this is, and with each variable that you write down, you ask the same question again. So, okay, that's interesting. So I have less time for my, mon- for my family, which will cause me to actually be stressful, have stress, so you draw the arrow and you write a new variable. So the more success, the more stress. The more uh, the more success, the less time for family. The less time for family, the more uh, the more stress. The more stress I have, the less success I have because I can't work if I'm stressed out. Hmm, interesting. So actually, and this is already what we call systems archetypes. We don't come as this unintended consequences here. It's like the more I do of one action, I have an unintended consequence which actually undermines my success in the long term, and I. Wow. Hmm. Does it now mean that I should have less success? No, it shouldn't. But now I can start thinking, hmm, how can I create my success or how can I design my success in a way that I do not cause the negative consequence of having a stressed out family? So back to this example, and then we're going to go on break again. So you said fewer listeners because they're successful. That could also equal those people who are successful may recommend other people to participate so, so I need to build in then, as, as you find this useful, recommend to someone else as the request, as someone exits. Exactly. And this is something really important to say in our last 30 seconds. The segment here is, if you draw this model, this doesn't mean that you are drawing out a, a truth. We know from we know from this we know the saying every model is wrong. Some models are more helpful. So what we do here by drawing out this causal loop diagram and suddenly seeing oh my god there's a dyna- you start seeing dynamics. It helps you you create a model of a, of your reality and it helps you to make decisions 
better because suddenly you externalized your idea on paper in, in, on a napkin. It's like, oh, wow. So this could be the consequences, positively and negatively. Hmm, interesting. How could I change it? So by creating those models, you creating representation of a potential future, yes, of a potential impact, and you make it much easier for you or much much better for you to not only communicate what you're thinking, because you can share this now with your partner or with your wife or husband or also with your colleagues, and like, oh, now I understand what, you, what you're thinking. Thank you. <laughs> and now okay, together so we can actually increase the quality. Let's go on break. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for that example. And we will be right back to our listeners. I encourage you to continue to think about the example Christoph walked you through. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. We're talking about systems, innovation, and practice, the what, why, and how. And to ground this to our seven um, innovative leadership competencies, this really connects into being a 360-degree thinker and gives the very practical and applicable tool that allows you to, to engage as a more complex thinker. And also, as Christoph pointed out, as we work in teams, if, if we are collectively building the systems model, so collaborating across functional areas, it allows us to see the bigger impacts 
of different variables and different departments across the organization, and we can make more holistic decisions and understand the impacts across the ecosystem. I think the ecosystem is the part that is so foundational, and again, we don't always have the tools to to understand how we are impacting second and third order variables from a problem and going through the structured process, just like we did in the last segment that took five minutes, uh, we can, each of us individually and collectively take on this ability to be more systemic and 360. So Christoph, you were going to talk in this segment about the city of Devonshire, the project that you did, and um, maybe even share with our listeners at the end, the link to that website so they can see more of a bigger project and what that looks like and the impact you've seen from it already. Wonderful. And um, and one closing sentence to the exercise that we just did in the last segment. For me, it's really important that everybody who listens to that really gets out one core thing is I can do this if I can, I can be a system thinker and I can do complex systems understanding with having a pen and a paper. Yes, you can do it really complex and really sophisticatedly with computer models and agent-based modeling and all of this stuff. You can do that, but you don't have to. You can start with taking a pen and a paper and do this kind of exercise that we just did. And this will already differentiate you from your competition way beyond because it helps you to see further than your competition or other people out there in the market and and you can just make that decision so um i hope this is one of the core messages coming out here take a pen and a paper so this example so this example that we just talked about we did um actually a larger project um last year with a student here in the um, business economics student um scotty bonecomb uh, he's an undergraduate student and he learns this really complex system thinking in 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 half a year um but not cause a loop diagramming which is just one tool but actually he took on the question to ask how can we invigorate or how can we create a thriving local economy in the eastern part of the Netherlands this was his starting questions you know Maureen where your question was how can I have more impact in the world kind of in our exercise that we did he asked the question so how can we increase the resilience um, of the eastern part of the of the economy of the eastern part of the Netherlands and create it into a thriving economy um, and so what we did there, what he did there, he interviewed a lot of stakeholders, did a lot of men, a little lot of little causal loop diagrams, like just like the one that we did. And then afterwards, he had 10 to, 20, 10 to 12 different little diagrams from very different stakeholders across the system, from um, business owners, from people from the bank, from the national government, etc. And then he had all those little diagrams and then he could put them together. And then suddenly by putting them together and seeing the interrelations of the different parts, he was suddenly able to see relations and dynamics that no one else could see. And this actually got the, the, the local government of our municipality, of the city where it is, the city of Deventer, a wonderful city in the Netherlands. If you'll be here, let me know. <laughs> Deventer um, has the largest open air book festival in the world. Um, and that they got so excited about this project, what we did here, and again, it was driven by an undergraduate student, They got, and the, the city of Deventer got so excited that they say, can you send us a proposal of how we can train every single employee in the municipality to become a system thinker? Because we think this is a key critical skill in the 21st century where we tend to 
because we are overwhelmed with information, there's so much noise and so much information around it that we have a really hard time to cut through the noise. And and so this is why we're now working with the Cedar of Devon to exploring possibilities here to, to really help them become system thinkers and use really simple tools like the one that we just heard, which is one of hundreds. And Christoph, I want to explore a little bit further in the project because one of the ways you and I collaborated on this was you selected people from outside of the city or the region to test your thinking and also contribute to your system. So can you say a little bit more about how you expanded the project to a broader stakeholder group? Yeah, one of the key ins- one of the key principles of systems modeling and and systems thinking is in every- you have to understand what is the purpose of the systems that I want to model because it's not about mod- we never model a system we always model a question or we model a problem and this is also why I ask you so Maureen what is the question that you would like to model you know so we didn't model a system we actually modeled the question and so because this gives us a boundary it's so a boundary conditions. We don't ask uh, what's Christoph's success. No, we ask what's Maureen's success. Yeah, and we always get back to this one. That's what it's about to focus us. Um, and this is we did the same. We went out there and we said, okay, that's a wonderful question, Scotty, that you want to ask. How to empower the local economy of the eastern part of the Netherlands? I don't know. So let's go out there. So we just went out to using those wonderful tools like LinkedIn and reached out into our networks and said. We have this pro- do you have 10 minutes time for us? We would like to interview you in order to understand your perspective. What is your vision of the future for the economy here? And also, what do you think from your perspective what is needed to achieve that? And obviously, everybody has a different opinion, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But the question is how we put this together. So um, so we went out there, had those little conversations, and in those conversa- after those conversations, Scotty's homework was to sit because he had to learn it to sit down and do this little systems model and then afterwards we put it together and and again um, so how we chose the people is, is who is someone out there who can help us answer the question and then in each conversation that we ask we ask this person so hmm, interesting so whom do you think we should engage in this conversation in order to answer this question so by this we kind of came through a ripple if we created this viral ripple effect Yes, and um, because right people are connected to right people. And so with this, we increase it, increase it, increase it, and we always ask the question, so do we have a blind spot here, et cetera? So, yeah, this kind of this was a basic idea of that. And then you engaged me and I'm assuming others outside of the region to validate the map and give input on things we had experienced elsewhere. Exactly. Exactly. So, so the- Blind spots were addressed in part by getting input from the larger ecosystem. Because, yeah, exactly, because we always have blind spots. And again, it's what we created there is just a really simple, using exactly the same exercise what we did in the second segment. So this is what we did. and um, But we have blind spots. And they're always, models are always wrong because it's a model. And so we took this model and said, okay, this is a hypothesis, you know. And then we took this hypothesis and presented it to people like you, for example, and said, okay, Maureen, you are living in the city in, in, in Ohio, and we know that Ohio is, um, has a, is a really interesting case for a successful, thrival local regional economy. So how do you reflect that? And then we came into really interesting input from your side, and you also challenged us. And um, and we did this with with people from Germany, from Italy, etc. So and this really helped us to further dig into our blind spots and to consolidate hypothesis. Because again, a, 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 simple, a small causal loop diagram is an hypothesis; it's a model. Yes. And then we take this 
present it to someone, to our team, to our leadership team, etc., and say, well, that's my best thinking. What do you think? And then you engage. You have something really concrete to engage, which is easy to grasp. And so what, if the city of Devonshire is thinking about teaching everyone to do this, what actions did they take or decisions did they take that resulted from this project? So I want our listeners to hear, uh, now you've walked me through the process, what happened and why did it impact the economy? Yeah, so the, the steps are really simple that we, um, that we did. So we, the city of Devonshire was part of this project. They were being interviewed for this project and they had this experience of what it can do. And they, in this project, they experienced how easy it is to see through this massive complexity um, of empowering a local economy. And so the steps that they did there, it was really simple. We had a follow-up conversation where they said, um, we need that. Done. And, and so what we are now doing is we're exploring and, and we are still in the exploration phase with them to say, um, how to in, how to incorporate this as a training module for the human resource trainings? Now with the challenge of doing it online, but in the end, it's you can you can do this stuff hundred percent online. And um, how can we implement it into their uh, into, into their human resource um, training programs? Christoph, um, yes, I'm asking what benefit did did this model and the exercise that Scotty did and you did with them. Did it actually change their behavior? Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, yes, it did because the person that we worked with um, started to see that he is not wrong. So it it didn't change the behavior, Marine, in this way. But the person that we worked with, he always thought the way of how he is thinking more in system that this is something strange to do and something too complex and too complicated. And suddenly he started to see actually. It's right what I'm doing, and it's good what I'm doing. And I know that in order to increase the performance of our economy, we have to think beyond boundaries, and we have to integrate people in a way that they start seeing through complexity. I hope okay. this answered a bit more of the question. Yeah, and, and again, I'm, tr- I'm pushing on this because it's a cool tool, but we take it up because it changes how we think and behave and, and and by changing the behavior actually drives a much more holistic and positive outcome, helps us to avoid some of the disasters we have by not attending to the bigger system. And that's really what I wanted yeah. to point out. Yeah, exactly. And to and, and thank you for pushing that because when we had the workshop, we had a workshop um, and we we were working. With, we invited several stakeholders that we also interviewed for this project, and we presented. Them. We not we didn't present them. We made them walk through those systems models, and it was really interesting to observe. We had leaders here from big banks. We had leaders, uh, decision makers from large universities, and also leader, decision makers from from local local municipality. And what's so interesting. After each month, they said, oh, yeah, I know the dots. I know this. I know this. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing this. But I've never seen of how my action actually influences someone else in this way. So we're st- in this process, they suddenly started to see beyond their own event how the actions that they do, which is good that they do it, can't positively or negatively influence someone they were never thinking in. And this, by seeing that, they, there was a change in their behavior of saying, okay, we need to engage in this because we think 
we need to do this much more because this is just good management. This is not fancy mm -hmm. stuff. This is actually the baseline of every good management is being able to manage systems. And so this gets back again to, as I understand the system, it changes how I think and behave as a member of the system and as a member of the leadership team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we're about three and a half minutes till close, three minutes till close. So I want to make sure that our listeners understand how they can connect with you. Yes. So there's a really simple way to connect with me. Either search me on LinkedIn, Christoph Hinsky, and or look for www.theengagementcompany.co. And um, there you see a lot of the projects that we do. Um, also the project that I just shared. There's a there's a whole website on that, um, and just reach out to me, and I'm very happy to just share whatever we have. A lot of the stuff that we work with is all open source. Okay, so one spell your last name. H i n s k e Hinske. And also, you said the project you just described. There's a website for that. Would you share the website? Yes, it's www.theengagementcompany.co. And, um, then, and then go to results, and in the results you see the, um, the different projects that were, because in the end all the projects are there, it, it, would, be, it would get too long now. So okay. engagementcompany.co and then go to our results page, and all the projects are, and just find your way through there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Christoph. And for our listeners, again, we're trying to provide very practical solutions for you to engage in this difficult time. I trust that just this process that Christoph walked us through, you were able to create a small causal loop diagram. I do encourage you to practice this on simple areas in your life as well as the more complex and consider if you are in a decision-making space, how this might improve the quality of your very complex decisions in, in many cases for our listeners. We invite you to share this with others. Please help others in your ecosystem and beyond become more complex in their thinking because at this point in time, we need all of the good thinkers we can possibly muster to help us solve the, the immediate pandemic and then the fallout that is impacting people across our economy. And also the invitation is to create the brighter future that we can have uh, based on the impact that this is having on us. Uh, and also our sympathies go out to everyone who has uh, lost a family member and a colleague and a friend. Um, there are no words for this. So please leave us your feedback, info at innovative at innovateleader.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, also Maureen Metcalf. And in the, in your invitation reference that you watch the show and I'll happily connect with you, please leave us feedback uh, on LinkedIn or Voice America or wherever you watch the show. And please stay safe during this time. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.